We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 46 months into two weeks to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside the fan favorite. You know him, you love him. He is back for another week. Marty Foster. Marty, how are you? I'm under the weather, literally. It's done nothing but rain all day. And that 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 depresses me a bit because I like to vary my day up. Um, you were talking the other day about multitasking. And Was I? Multi yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I, I, I'm sure you were talking with either Melissa or Bruce. Can't remember about multitasking and when you set up a number of tasks that you have to do so i've got to go and type a bit make a couple of calls do a bit of analysis go and make a coffee walk into the living room put more wood on the fire do the dishwasher start prepping dinner go outside do a piece of welding tighten a nut undo a screw you can't do all that when it's raining you can do the stuff inside but you can't do the stuff outside so i'm literally under the weather. How are you? I'm just fine. Thank you. Um, I suppose we should start with the obvious. Uh, Charlie. Charlie is, uh, he's ill. Well, he's got prostate cancer. And no, he doesn't. Doesn't he? What's he got no. then? He had, they, they went in to do prostate surgery, but they did not say that the cancer was prostate cancer. They just said that he has cancer. They did say that it didn't have, according to the Daily Fail, which they're doing round the clock coverage, they didn't say anything about prostate cancer. So I'm assuming they found something else. Ah, okay. Well, I, I, it's been on the news constantly. And as someone who formally, up until Charles's coronation, uh, was fully supportive of um, the monarchy and the crown. It just turned me off, so I turned it off. So I haven't caught up on that bit. But I do know that the ginger stepchild has come home to visit to see his, He's left his dad. He's, He's left, left again. Yeah, he was there 24 so, hours and then he was gone. Didn't even see his brother. Yeah, so, so that would suggest to me that, okay, there might be something a bit more serious. And I don't want to be callous uncaring because there's people all over the world some of our listeners you know maybe who have got loved ones who have just had a diagnosis of cancer and it is the scariest thing in the world so um i'm not going to say anything unkind uh about it um i wouldn't wish that on anybody but 
at the end of the day, it, it's life. He is just another human being. He's not a nobody. Nobody is a nobody. So, you know, everyone deserves a bit of respect and privacy. The only time that that gets violated is when people stick their noses into other people's rights, privacy, livelihoods. And when people do that, they they tend to, um, you know, uh, what's the word? They, they negate their own right to privacy and freedoms. By that, I mean the World Economic Forum, anyone attached to them, anyone who's spoken on their platforms in favour of their, their f***ed up policies. So in that respect, I think King Charles falls into that category, but uh, I'll, I'll draw a line under there. I'm not going to jump to conclusions here, but I'm just pointing out the obvious of what it possibly could be connected to. I don't know for sure, obviously, but there is that. This could also be just a propaganda campaign. Don't know. But... What was uh, what was uh, what's uh, what's his name? Um, was it was it Andrew's ex-wife? The other one, Ferguson, something. Yeah, she recently she's, had. She's um, got something going on. Yeah, uh, and they're saying that uh, William's wife, Kate, who is well, who actually will be the next Queen of England, if I'm not mistaken, uh, if if Charles passes, she's said to have some kind of an un, unannounced illness uh, because there's been photos of a. Uh, of a three-inch scar that's appeared on her right face. Yeah, I think it was some kind of melanoma, some kind of skin cancer that she had removed. And again, that that crops up. If you spend uh, a great deal of your life traveling to sunny climes and, um, you know, doing your bit, flying the flag, uh, you can get exposed to um, too much sunlight. And, you know, it's surprising that given the amount of travel and time I've spent in the sand pit, and in tropical climes all over the world, that I haven't suffered the same thing. And to, to a certain extent, I have. I've had to have uh, treatment for, they call it an erodent ulcer on the tops of the ears. Again, it's it's a form of skin cancer. I don't know quite where, where you want to go with this, but people well, suffer just, from yeah, forms yeah. of cancer all the time. I'm just saying that the uh, the royal family... Health-wise, they're not looking too pretty at the moment. We've had this discussion before. Do you think it's time to just do away with the monarchy? I mean, like altogether, just just kind of. I mean, they're ceremonial anyway. I, I know it's I know it's your tradition and it's part of your culture and everything. But is it time to just move on from it? Um, I, I almost immediately said yes, but then I I've had it's an open-ended thoughts. question. It's not. It, it's no. There's no right or wrong answer. Now the thing is, there's there's something special about the way the UK's government is set up and supposed to work. Uh, and that includes this overarching, or well, they have, they can't veto everything, but they can certainly bring a, a certain amount of influence into new policies, whether or not they think it's right for the country. And that works as long as the people on the throne have been brought up to love their country, love its people, and not make decisions that harm the country and its people. And I think we don't have that anymore. And how we would ever get back to it, I don't know, because the grooming is done parent to child. So even when William gets in, he's already stood up there and, and spoken along the same tree-hugging lines that his father speaks on. So he will be no better. 
it would be great if uh, if some scientists who speak out against the whole climate change thing were to get together, put some kind of presentation that went absolutely worldwide and refuted some of this bullshit that we're being fed. At which point, people like King Charles would be terminally embarrassed. And and by that, I mean all those that have stood on those platforms and told us that we've got to eat bugs, that we've got to drive EVs, that we've got to live in a 15-minute city, that trees need to be buried, <laughs> all those kind of things. They They would metaphorically die of embarrassment because they have, would have been proved to be absolutely false or absolutely stupid. This moves me to my second note on my little notepad. Are we just whiny bitches? Why is there not more affirmative action by people who don't agree with what the ultra-rich politicians, royals are doing to us? And I'll tell you what it is, and I've, I've mentioned this before. It's because we've all got too much committed and reliant on society as it stands to make those protests, to take that affirmative action, to get in the faces of these people who are forcing shitty policies onto us and to, and to explain to them, you're wrong, I don't like it, we don't like it, do one. I think whenever something like that happens, and I, I mean, I, I agree with you, whenever we do these in the middle of the afternoon, my voice is just not with it. Whenever something like that happens, whenever you have a a, a protest crop up like this, like you're speaking out or like you're speaking of, when you actually have this, um, I hate that, I have to be honest, I hate the word affirmative action because in the US, the left has hijacked that and it's turned into reverse racism over the last 50 years. Basically, it was the, uh, the DEI hiring practices of its time. Um, we're hiring people based on their, you know, uh, not because of their merit, but, you know, for other reasons, for identity politics. But nonetheless, the fact that these groups pop up from time to time and they do make their concerns heard. For example, let's take the farmers protest that's going on across Europe right now and in Ireland. And as well as um, I believe you've got Scottish farmers and Welsh farmers and you've got some British farmers because they're starting to do some uh, some regulations in the UK as well. I don't know what those are yet, but I did see that there's some movement from amongst your farming community across the, the entirety. You, of the UK. you mean English, because if you've got Scottish, Irish, Northern Irish and Welsh, they're all uh -huh. British. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. So what you mean is there might be a few English farmers uh -huh. uh, starting yeah, to few, yeah. get a knot in their panties. Maybe yes. I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm paying close attention to it. I've not seen anything else on it yet, but um, I do expect you guys to be joining that um, that fight here pretty soon. But if you take these for example, I do see these as you know, a, a positive action and a, and a positive change and a pushback against this agenda that you're talking about, for example, you know, with the World Economic Forum and the uh, Agenda 2030 and the Sustainable Development Goals and all that stuff, because it's going to put the farmer out of business, right? It's going to shut them down from using fuel. It's going to get rid of the agricultural subsidies. It's going to get rid of the fertilizers or the nitrates more, more specifically. It's going to get rid of uh, organic farming. It's going to shut down private farming altogether, altogether. That's our food production. They're going to push everybody into this other whatever, you know, this this lab grown beef or uh, insect bars or whatever it is they're going to sell you. But when you see this pop up in mass, 
And I still believe that they're in Strasbourg and in Brussels, if I'm not mistaken. They don't care. The people that are sitting behind those those um, those walls in those buildings, they just don't care. They're moving ahead anyway. That's that's what I mean. We're not getting into the faces of those people enough. My childhood best friend's grandmother had a saying, and I'm sure it wasn't. She didn't originate it, but it was "Don't care was made to care." So when my mate used to say, oh, "I don't care," she would she'd point out to him that "Don't care was made to care," and these people that don't care need to be made to care somehow. I'm not talking about violence. I'm not talking about breaking the law, although you would certainly have to skirt round it a bit. They need to be confronted and. That's what we do to a certain extent on here. But the only people that might have a chance of passing on what we say in podcasts like this is is maybe people who are paid to listen um, to see what's going on. You know, the, the, the kind of shadowy organisations that um, feed information to government, the ones that monitor everything. We know we've got them set up in... In GCHQ in Cheltenham, people who listen to every single broadcast and transmission, you've got um, even militarised parts of it. I can't even remember what they're called now. Something like 44th Battalion or something like that. Which are, Yes, 44th. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, which listen into everything. A, l- a long time ago, I was talking to somebody about uh, chat boxes on computer games and how these chat boxes pop up, they're on a particular server, and if people wanted to use them to pass real-time information, there was no way on earth that there's enough resources to listen to every single bit of chatter. But that's sped up now. AI helps. You've got voice recognition stuff that can tell who's speaking. You've got stuff that can identify keywords. And then once one of those keywords or phrases has happened, then their ears perk up and the the record button is pressed and they listen into what's being said or typed. So the only chance these people who are making these bad decisions for us, good decisions for them, no doubt, bad decisions for us, the only way they're ever going to find out is if they are confronted uh, and face to face. That's that's what's needed. I wish I knew how I could do it. A while back, when the, the BLM protests were happening in London and they were desecrating our historical statues and basically making a mess around the cenotaph and, the, and those kind of things, I was desperate to be there in London. I still feel cowardly that I didn't put my foot down and just go and be part of that protest. But my family, my whole family said, no, no, you can't go. You're going to get into too much trouble. So I didn't. But that's the problem. We've all got too much committed. We've all got too much invested in society as it is, maintaining the status quo, keeping your nose clean. We've been put into that position. And maybe it is time for a change because really this all started about off from talking about, is it time for the monarchy to go? And I'm not going to say yes, but we need we do need another way. It's almost like you were trying to start to drift towards the uh, the mis and disinformation route. Did you want to go down that road? I don't mind. I'll go down any road. Okay. I'm an adventurer. Well, BBC. Speaking of mis and disinformation, uh, BBC. They, that's uh, all they broadcast. Th- that's all they broadcast. Yeah, but if you recall, they put up a new division called BBC Verify about a year ago. 
if yeah. you remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was going to be this young lady, uh, Miss Mariana Spring. She was going to tell you all about the uh, the mis and disinformation. She was going to identify everything. She was going to monitor social media. It was going to get fed back to their newsroom in central London, where they would have their own private investigators going through all of that information, all this data that you're talking about. And they were going to broadcast everything to you. Well, and as it just so happens, I think the 44th was even involved in some of that as well, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. But you see, this poor young lady, she's a victim. She's been she's been getting all kinds of hate mail. And well, she's here to tell you all about it. You see how sad she looks? Look at that. Sad. She does look sad. Is she she about looks to very sad. Yeah, she's about to speak. Here she goes. Why do you hate me? Well, I hope you don't. But it turns out quite a few people do. I'm Mariana Spring, the BBC's disinformation and social media correspondent, and I get trolled a lot. I've learned firsthand that the online world can be a breeding ground for hate. But why do some people behave the way they do on social media? And is redemption for them ever possible? In this series, I'm diving into my inbox and investigating some of the most staggering cases of online hate to find out. So is understanding, even forgiveness possible when we take these conflicts offline. Listen now to Radio 4's Why Do You Hate Me? Available on BBC Sounds. Oh, I'm going to have to have a listen. Why do you hate her? I hate her because she's saying, she's assuming and sort of stating that anything she says is perfectly okay. But if she gets an adverse response, then that person needs to redeem themselves for saying that she's wrong. So, Mariana, you can kiss my fat ass. And I'm going to have to have a listen because uh, I'm, I'm hoping I pop up there somewhere. I mean, I've been banned off Facebook and warned on Twitter. I don't do uh, Instagram and I don't do some of the other ones, but I'm sure there must be something there that will resonate with me in amongst her material, because if I see someone stating a load of twaddle, I can't help myself. I have to respond. And if that's being a troll, then I'm a f***ing troll. Maybe it's one of those call-in podcasts. Maybe you get a chance to call in and, and give your two cents. Kind of like with uh, like, like they, they do with LBC. Well, yeah. yeah, but look, my experience with LBC is as soon as you make a salient point that contradicts the argument being put forward by the presenter, you are either immediately cut off and they talk over you as if to say, well, that's a bit stupid, what, what a strange man, blah, blah, blah. Or they will argue round in circles and they'll use those, what's the word I'm looking for? Pigeonhole tactics? Yeah, basically, they'll try and pigeonhole you, uh, they'll try and put labels on you and they won't want to listen. Uh, and you don't get the time to make a good point on something like LBC. What they do is they will get people on who they think they can make a fool of. And when they don't succeed in making a fool of them, they cut them off, they use the mute button and they speak over them. It's as simple as that. So they are kind of a waste of time. And Mariana, she's put her face out there. She's being quite brave, really. And she probably believes everything she's saying. But that's because she's been fed a narrative all her life, all her young life. And that's not me being ageist in, in reverse against young people. I've met some young people who absolutely see through the 
the crap and have very strong opinions. But our lived experience in the older generation is so different from theirs that they can be easily convinced and led by these narratives that they're being fed. Shall we switch subjects? Do you want to you want to dip over to the old senile uh, old man? Right, let's go. Yeah. All right. So we're moving. I also want to get into uh, the aviation administration. Uh, you know, doing the uh, the hiring practices. Uh huh. Right. So let me see. All right. So you want to get into the old man, right? So Biden was giving <laughs> a speech. Yeah, Biden was giving a speech uh, last week, and this is what he had to say. Do you remember the um, the G seven in that was held in Cornwall in twenty twenty one? Do you recall that? Yes. Yes, I do. I remember because it was obviously during lockdown, and they were all sat outside socially distanced from each other in the Cornish sunshine. I do uh, remember. Yes, yeah. yes, and Biden actually got lost, if you recall. Yeah. Uh, at a Just at a, at a small table gathering, he, he got lost. Uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. this was him a couple of nights ago talking about that meeting. People have pled guilty. You know, I, right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. And it was in, it was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? And I looked at him and the, and the Chancellor of Germany said, what would you say, Mr. President? So he met with the Chancellor of Germany, Mitterrand, Mitterrand yeah. in the south of England at the G7. Um, I'd like to point out that President, um, French President Francois Mitterrand died in 1997, I think. 96 or 97, 96, yeah, maybe 97. 96, no, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> now, last night, last night, before we get too far from it, last night he was giving a speech on the uh, on the campaign trail and he said that at that same meeting, he said that he met with German Chancellor Helmut Kohl in 2021 at Cornwall at the G7, but Chancellor Kohl died in 2017. I remember when that happened. Yeah. couple of things. First of all, is Joe Biden uh, conducting his political activities via a medium? Is that what's happening? Is is it clairvoyance? Um, Is he clairvoyant himself? Is he actually seeing dead politicians, dead heads of state at these various meetings? They do say the closer you get to the grave, uh, the more that crossover might happen where you start seeing and interacting with, um, you know, those that have passed, shall we say. As part of this point one, how on earth... Have the American people, even with election fraud, which you're not allowed to say happened, but it happened, allowed a senile old twat to become in charge of the nuclear triggers and in charge of the biggest, most advanced country in the world? How on earth has that happened? That's a a rhetorical question because I've got many answers to that. But yeah, yeah. Point two when he said America's back. What he meant was, because Trump had said the rest of NATO isn't paying its 2.5% GDP to um, keep NATO up and to keep it a viable 4%, is it? No, it's supposed to be 4 Supposed to be 4 But, they're, they're, you know, some countries aren't even paying 2.5%. The yeah. UK does. The United States 
does. The rest of them don't. And Trump was quite right to point that out and say, well, we're not going to get involved in any new wars. We're not going to be the world's policeman for a while. And American foreign policy started to take a turn for the better. It was more about let's talk to people rather than send bombs and bullets in their general direction. So when the Democrats, supposedly the left-leaning party, uh, get back in, America's back. There's going to be more boots on the ground. There's going to be more bombs flying. There's going to be more bullets going in the direction of people who have got slightly different opposing views to what we have. So that's what he meant. But people wouldn't have read that from the senile old man just standing there. All of they would have read into it was, oh, there's a man who loves his country and is proud of his country. Well, in recent decades, I can't think of much to be proud of from both of our great nations in terms of getting involved in in wars that are none of our f***ing business. It's interesting how you how you put that, um, how they get back in and they say, well, America's back and then we're back involved in in conflicts. It's almost as if they want the conflict to use that as as a wedge to drive. Now, why would that be? Just so happens I'm reading this book right now. It's called Disinformatia, Active Measures in Soviet Strategy. It was, pu- it was published in 1984, I believe. And the usuals, as per, it was one printing and no other languages, and that was it. Towards the end of chapter two, I'm going to read to you six points that people, our dear business partners in the Far East, use as a long-term strategy towards us. Now, see if any of these, again, 1984 is when this was published. That's when the study the study was done previous to that. See if any of these sound familiar, okay? Just using all the points that you just named. That's what made me pick this book up. Number one, to influence American and European world public opinion to believe that the U.S. military and political policies are the major cause of international conflict and crisis. Does that happen? It happens from both directions because... Whilst that might be the Soviet, Far Eastern, Chinese, Mm. Russia plan, Mm -hmm. if America and the United Kingdom didn't react to everything the way it does, that accusation couldn't be leveled at them. They couldn't be said to be causing problems by their foreign policy if they didn't react the way in which they do react. There are other ways of, of dealing with these problems. And we start, and I'm not a Trump fan. Believe you me, I've said it before, we both said it. He started to do things a little bit differently, which meant, no way are you getting a second term, mate. We are going to rig the f*** out of this election and you're gone. You and your, your toupee are out of here. Toupee? I think it's real. Yeah, well, it's a bit of a comb over, isn't it, really? It is. It, it is might, quite, it might it, as well. It, it would It would look yeah. better and he'd have less embarrassing windswept moments if it was a toupee. That is true. Yeah. All right. Number two, to demonstrate the, the, that the United States is an aggressive, militaristic and imperialistic power. Does that happen? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, to isolate the United States from its friend and allies, especially those in NATO, and to discredit those states which cooperate with the United States. Do we see that? Well, you had Obama telling us that we were going to the back of the queue if we went for Brexit, that we wouldn't be straight up for for any kind of deal. And then when Trump got in and Hillary didn't, uh, he was straight over to the UK, buying up land, setting up golf courses, talking about deals. So again, I'm no fan of Trump, but it's the Democrats. 
Yes. Everything that um, the the Soviets, who still exist, and I'm Uh I'm really coming round to your way of thinking on that, um, they rely on there being Democrats in power to make this plan work. Yes, they do. Uh, And... I actually have the the uh, the clip of it here somewhere. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna have to try and dig it out. I don't have it on on hand right now, but I will make sure that I have that that queued up. But we do have in 2012, we do have Obama sitting on the stage with then President Dmitry Medvedev from Russia saying on the hot mic, look, just tell Vladimir I'll give him exactly what he wants. Uh, I just need to get through this next election. And Medvedev says. I understand. I, I understand where your where your position is, and I stand with you. So you, you've got that, right? But anyway, number four to discredit the U.S. and NATO military and intelligence establishments. Is that happening again? If it wasn't for, I, I, it's not IED. It's EDI, isn't it? Equality, diversity, and inclusion. Yeah, DEI, that is yeah. DEI. Which we'll okay. get into that here in a second. That's what's making the biggest mockery of. Western armed forces at the moment. Well, that's also a subversion plan coming from the same block, in my but, humble opinion. You say that, uh, and I can see how that would be an advantage to them. But the people who are making those decisions to say this is how it's going to be are elected politicians. They're the ones that are signing the bills and voting for the bills that say you don't have to be a biological that's the wrong that's the wrong term it's well it's just so messed up isn't it yeah because it changes all the time so i wouldn't even concern yourself with it yeah number five to demonstrate the policies and objectives of the united states are incompatible with those of the underdeveloped nations mostly south america and africa i'm assuming and southeast parts of southeast asia are going to be included in that uh, well okay south america south america has immense poverty it's got people that can be motivated quite cheaply so that you'll get this uh, pendulum swings from right to left in terms of politicians being voted in. The ritual uh, put someone forward that is looking out for their interests. Next thing you know, a communist will rock up and saying, look at all the wealth these few people have. They should share it with you. And so you, it's prime for uh, communist governments to to win elections and Uh and to take over whole countries either Uh by coup or by democratic election Uh africa africa is very much the same also charity from the west has poured into africa from i would say around about 1950s onwards by now every african should have fresh running water uh, should have viable, safe accommodation, should have a good food supply because of the money, the investment, the uh, physical aid given into Africa. But it hasn't. It hasn't got those things for quite a, a majority of people. The reason for that, despite the huge amounts of aid, both in financial terms and in physical aid, haven't haven't got it is because everyone's playing their own little games. And that left them wide open for China to come in with its Belt and Road policies and, and plans. And yeah, Af- Africa is turning as hammer and sickle red as South America is. 
which would lead to point number six, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, to confuse world public opinion concerning Russian global ambitions, creating a favorable environment for Russian foreign policy. Well, it hasn't worked for me, has it? Because well, no, I, despise, I despise but, the Russians but, as much as anyone else. But what do you have right now? You've got Tucker Carlson in Moscow interviewing Vladimir Putin. Bruce and I were looking at a lot of the um, state-run propaganda outlets out there, and they are giving him the royal treatment. You know, the, the all the all the man-on-the-street interviews, the public opinions are, are glowing about him and, and how he's here to, to hammer out the evil fascist America that's causing all the world's problems, blah, blah, blah. I can play all that stuff from Sputnik and Nijvitsa and all the rest of it, but it's pointless. Well, uh, and another very old phrase... My enemy's enemy is my friend. So if, you know, the Democratic, uh, the, the, the Democrat administration is friend of Zelensky, which it appears to be, that makes Putin a friend of Republicans. But that doesn't work. That really doesn't work. You know, a snake's a snake. You could have raised a, a cobra from a hatchling. And as soon as it gets big enough... It's going to bite you. Uh, in fact, even uh, when they're they're newly hatched, they've got as stronger, if not, uh, you know, stronger venom than a, than an adult has. Why are you laughing? Is it because I, I slipped up? No, no. Just as you say that, you're talking about strong venom. I'm sorry. I ha I have to. Do you remember this that I showed you? Uh, that I you know, I've <laughs> I've worked out who the two people are. Okay. That the um that the individual you're showing me, Professor Tracy Smart, yes. who Professor looks... Military Aerospace Medicine Vice Air, Air Vice Marshal, uh, retired of the Australian. Yeah, I have absolutely. I would I would call them them they because I wouldn't well, I... risk assuming their gender. Goodness, uh, you have got to see some of this that's going on here. You got lollipop there with the yeah you know, yeah the yeah vaccine. lollipop yeah. and the jab yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just I, I'm I'm sorry I just I can't handle it I I can't. It's the teeth, listeners. You've got. I'm I'm sure you've put this into the Telegram page. I have not, not. I'm about to. Yeah, just what what what's this person's name again? Tracy what? Smart. Smart. Okay, Tracy Smart. Google her or some other form of search engine. This it's something about the teeth. I've met a few Australians and they've all got the same almost skeletal. Yeah, any Iron Maiden fans out there remembers their their um uh their sort of avatar, Eddie the Head. It's what Tracy looks like. And again, that's absolutely apropos of nothing. Some people are unfortunate looking, but how the flying flip did that individual ever make it to where they made it to? I'm not sure. Well, we're running low on time here, and I'm sorry to, okay. to kind of segue to the next subject. There's that word again that I haven't used in a while. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we, just let me just let me yeah go on tie up on that one. The enemy of my enemy is my friend is bollocks. Doesn't work. Not in this day and age because everyone's got their own agendas. Putin's got his own agenda. It's part of the the global communist movement, Soviet agenda. Certainly, the Democrats have got their own agenda, and they they hope they're coming out the right side of this. But as you've said many times, they don't make it. 
No, they do not. Uh, moving on to the FAA, I thought you might want to weigh in on this. Uh, Bruce and I had, dis- had discussed this, I think, last week or so, uh, but they've been criticized for their latest diversity, equity, and inclusion hiring initiatives. They say that they're going to be implementing a DEI inclusion hiring initiative that specifically targets individuals with disabilities, including severe intellectual disabilities, psychiatric disorders, and other physical conditions. I will go over some of those in just a moment. According to the FAA, uh, let me see. The initiative falls under the umbrella of Department of Transportation, under, overseen by the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, whatever his name is. They say that these are the following position, or excuse me, these are the following disabilities. Or, yeah, whatever. Yeah. They're, conditions they're going to be hiring for because they believe that these particular people are underrepresented. Now, again, this is for the Federal Aviation Administration. So this is all the supervision that goes into aircraft maintenance and and. Uh, uh, production, construction, inspections, air traffic controllers, the works, right? All of them. Yeah. They're going to be looking at people that have hearing deficiencies. That would be total deafness in both ears. I'd like to just emphasize on that point. Vision, including total blindness. I'm not joking. Missing extremities, partial paralysis, complete paralysis, epilepsy, severe intellectual disability, but they do not specify exactly what that means. Psychiatric disability. I think you could rule out just about every member of Congress and dwarfism. Yeah. Okay. Now I can't remember if we spoke about this on the phone, but it, it is very, that familiar. is where we, yeah, that's where we talked about it. Yeah. Cause I we spoke to you privately. I said, phone. you're not, I called you and I specifically on this point, I said, you're not going to believe this. I looked for what Bruce and yourself might call the most benign reason for this. It's not a phrase either Ned or I are fond of, but just because it's the FAA doesn't mean that anybody with these kinds of conditions, disabilities, whatever you want to call them, are going to be employed as air traffic controllers. There are ways and means of adapting technology so that people with disabilities can perform the same tasks as able-bodied and able-minded people do but a lot of what it involves would be having someone who does the job alongside them Uh, it almost makes the person with the disability redundant deafness for instance if it was someone someone responsible for doing manufacturing checks to make sure that the quality of uh, components going into aircraft were what they should be so someone with a hearing impairment, yes, they could definitely do that job. Likewise, if someone is fast enough at reading, they could possibly even sit at a desk and do air traffic control because they would have to read the transcribed message from the aircraft on their screen and react and respond accordingly. But that's highly unlikely. But there are jobs within the FAA, which are administrative jobs that people with disabilities can do. The problem you've got is people with mental disabilities, people with bipolar, uh, schizophrenia, all of these kind of things. How can you trust an individual with that level of mental disability to perform a job on which to varying degrees, other people's lives depend, because that's what we're talking about, isn't it? If it it goes into the air, it needs to be safe. And if somebody was having a bad day when they signed off on 
I don't know, a quality check on on a plan, on a process, and uh, that process turns out to be the worst idea since, I don't know, Hitler said, let's invade Russia this week. You know, that kind of level I'm of... I'm working on of, that one, by the way. I, I'm, I have yeah, yeah. on that. I'm working on that. But uh, just on that subject, very briefly, of course, he was getting cocaine blown up his rectum by his doctor. He Something was on like all that, yeah. kinds of other drugs. Uh, it's no wonder the Austrian painter made some real corkers of bad decisions. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. and so do you want someone who's that heavily medicated making decisions, uh, administrating aviation? No, you don't. No, we have enough of that policy going on on Capitol Hill, I believe. So we don't need any more of that. And coming out of the White House, um, I thought that uh, that'll conclude everything for the day. I thought that uh, we would we would end on this. Uh, this is just kind of a funny thing that I just saw. This is a massage parlor in China. Now I'm sure that you know what those massage parlors are famous for in China. Yes. No, I don't. I've never no. been to a massage parlor in China. No. <laughs> Honestly, never. No, but you you know the rumors of how they treat the clientele that go in there yes all right okay yeah yes yeah well this is a drunk man that did not want to pay after he got his services if you will okay um and he's uh well you can you can see here the all the massage ladies they just well they they ended up beating the hell out of him (laughs) drag him out i said wait till you see the woman here with the broom absolutely go on she's broken that broom over his (laughs) big fat back oh my word this 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 kind of behavior you wouldn't expect it from traditional Chinese people. They're they're a little bit more reserved and respectable. These people are. I think it's a golf club or a hockey stick or something. I think he's had enough. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's crying they're, now. They've they've stopped wailing on him, and and now he's what the hell's that? That looks like a piece of scaffolding she's picked up. It could be, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just super entertaining and it's totally contrary to all the um, marvelous videos that the chinese communist party state-run tiktok uh is putting out of how um extremely ingenious adaptable uh fit and agile the chinese people are yeah we we, we need that one to go viral rather yeah, than all the stuff that makes us feel worse about our own cultures and races indeed you have any final thoughts you'd like to portray before you get away for the week i'd like someone to do the reverse of a rain dance i suppose that's a sun dance somewhere in the southern south of of england uh so we can get rid of this rain so i can get back to doing stuff outside all right my friend well that will do it for us for today for those of you who are interested in supporting us we would greatly appreciate it if you would consider becoming one of our paid subscribers and or contributing a small donation to us if you like the content you're hearing the link will be in the program description down below thank you very much that'll do it for us for today and for this week thank you for being here today my friend thank you to all of the listeners god bless everyone and have a great evening 